0: It's a musical podcast. The podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he definitely should have seen by now, and then we talk about them.
1: I am the boyfriend. And I am Drew. What better for a rainy Sunday afternoon Mm -hmm. than singing in the rain?
0: Yes, certainly. It's
1: almost like you saw the future and thought, huh, it's gonna rain.
0: It's almost like I watch this film at this time of year every year.
1: Is it like (laughs) a prelude to christmas film then?
0: no it's not just a lot of these older movies feel like christmas films it's like the wizard of oz is shown every year at christmas it's not a christmas movie
1: no i guess because it's family time isn't it like sit yeah. down with the family and watch yes the film.
0: and this is definitely a cozy family film for me
1: well this is it because last year when we went down to visit my family for christmas mm-hmm that's when we watch Seven Brides with Seven Brothers. Yeah. And it does feel like it's that time of year.
0: That actually has Christmas in it though.
1: No, I know, but like in the same way that It's a Wonderful Life has Christmas for about 30 seconds. Yeah. so I feel like
0: anything that opens with inglorious technicolour is going to be like a Christmas film. <laughs> that's what it feels like. It's like a cosy by the fire time of year. Yes. That might just be my age or it's our generation. True. Well, but... you know,
1: this is it. In a month, Mm-hmm. We will be prepping for Christmas. You know, it's the 23rd today.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, tomorrow when we launch this episode. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we are officially kind of on that month countdown to Christmas.
0: Yeah. Fun fact, glorious listeners, we've had our Christmas decorations up for nearly two weeks at this point. So <laughs> yes. We well, are I mean, ready. <laughs> we
1: found ourselves with a bit extra time and we thought we needed some cheering up. Mm-hmm. So what better way than to put up the Christmas decorations? You know, it's
0: Absolutely. our first
1: Christmas together in our flat. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we we felt that season. So yeah. why not start? One
0: hundred percent.
1: So singing in the rain. Yes. Gene Kelly. Mm hmm. More famous as a dancer, I would say, than maybe a singer.
0: Sure. I think he was kind of the like both.
1: Yeah. He's
0: uh, such a quintessential triple threat that like...
1: Yeah. I think I know him primarily for the dancing mm -hmm. because you see him in a lot of things. Yeah. We've also got... I can't remember. Is it Debbie Reynolds?
0: Yes. Well done.
1: So Debbie Reynolds, who is... A fantastic actress. Yeah. Also, very famously, Carrie Fisher's mother. Yeah. So two very big stars. Mm-hmm. Did Debbie Reynolds get her start in this? Is this one of the first films that showcased?
0: I actually her? looked this up because I didn't know where, like, how famous she was before this. Because I did know. That this is the first thing she'd ever danced in. She was not a dancer yeah. before this. And she got chosen by Gene Kelly to be in this film Which with
1: her. is a massive seal of approval.
0: Yeah. Previous to this, she'd been in like four films. Okay. And so I would say this is probably her big break. Because anything you did with Gene Kelly at that time was your big break. Yes. But yeah, this was a big deal for her to be in this musical and be the leading lady. Yeah. With Gene Kelly.
1: Is there an age difference between her and Gene Kelly, or are they quite similar in age?
0: That's a really good question. So she was born in 1932. Yeah. And he was born in 1912. Oh, wow. So, yeah, there's a 20 year yeah,
1: so There's a big age difference mm-hmm. between the pair of them. Yeah. If she's the leading lady, I assume there's a relationship, like a romantic relationship between the two. It's classical Hollywood.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Chances are it's going to end up romantic between the pair of them. Mm
0: hmm. Do you know who our third star of this show is? No. It is Donald O'Connor, who was very, very famous for being a comedy actor. Mm -hmm. He was in Vaudeville for a really long time before he hit Hollywood. And he was in all just amazing comedic movies, amongst other things. But that's what he was very famous for.
1: Was Singing in the Rain a musical first and then adapted for the screen? Or has it only ever been a film?
0: So Singing the Rain came into existence because Arthur Freed and Nacio Herb Brown, who were songwriters for MGM, had written a bunch of songs and were like, we want to use these somewhere. And MGM had approved all of these songs for just unnamed potential future projects. Yes. And they didn't know what they were going to do with it.
1: So they threw them in. The Singing in the Rain soup, as it were, and
0: yeah, made magic. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, and so Singing in the Rain is directed by Gene Kelly.
1: Oh, wow. And
0: choreographed by Gene Kelly. Is this
1: his directorial debut? No. Okay.
0: And also directed by Stanley Donan, who around this time...
1: So there's two directors? Yeah.
0: Yeah, because Gene Kelly is directing from a musical theatre standpoint. Okay. Stanley Donan directed On the Town... Singing in the rain, obviously. Seven brothers for seven brothers. Okay. Like these are. He's also a musical director, but he's more interested in the storytelling aspect, whereas Gene Kelly is coming at it from a dancer's perspective.
1: Okay, cool. Which is very cool. So I know very little about this one. Yeah. I know that we have the very famous "I'm Singing in the Rain." Mm-hmm. I'm just singing in the rain. What a glorious feeling! I'm happy again.
0: Yeah. I know that. Mm-hmm.
1: and he, like, Where do you know that from? There's adverts, but I knew it before the adverts. I think it's just something that.
0: It's like a song that people know. Exactly. Okay.
1: And I know it's the very famous kind of dance where he's got the umbrella and he jumps up and he's on the lamppost and he's swinging around the lamppost.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which, I mean, in I've the rain. Been,
0: I've been to that lamppost. Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's, is that in a studio backlot or was it yeah, on like okay? a studio tour? Obviously, the problem with that is going to be it's going to be quite slippy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wonder how many takes he had to do with that.
0: Probably not that many, Yeah, considering that It's they're... Gene Kelly. Yeah, it's Gene Kelly, and he can tap dance in roller skates, so he's fine. <laughs> I will show you that video, because it's incredible. Not, It's not from this film.
1: I feel like this film, this show, is all about struggling actors, performers, trying to make it in Hollywood.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know why I feel that. I've definitely heard something somewhere. It might be on one of our previous, you know, guess the lyrics or name that show, and Maybe Singing in the Rain came up as, you know, a synopsis. Yeah. But I feel like it's about, you know, struggling performers. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I'm a big fan of The Artist when it came out. I think it was a, a beautiful film. And there's a part of me that wouldn't be surprised to see if The Artist, you know, has paid homage to Singing in the Rain in some capacity that I'll go back and rewatch and be like, huh, that's a Singing in the Rain reference. Mm -hmm. La La Land I've not seen, but I also feel like La La Land is very much a love letter to a lot of these older musicals, but perhaps with Singing in the Rain being kind of the biggest influence. Yeah. So again, for me, thinking this is struggling actors in Hollywood, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: maybe Gene Kelly is a star at the end of his career and he's at a crossroads and he's got a, you know, which way do I go? And there's a younger leading lady that he's kind of becoming a mentor for. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Perhaps there's like real life parallels as well for Gene Kelly. I don't know where he's at with his career at this point in time. Like, I don't know if this is, you know, at the very tip top peak of his career or if this is, you know, on the decline or if this is still on his rise.
0: Yeah. So this movie is set between the 20s and the 30s. Yes. So it revolves around something really huge that was happening in Hollywood at that time.
1: The studio system.
0: Yeah, but not specifically that. It's more to do with how audiences were seeing.
1: Well, this is it, because you've obviously got as well like the changeover, which again, the artist kind of chronicles Mm -hmm. from the silent feature to the talkies. Exactly. So this is him struggling. Well, maybe he was a great... Former, but Mm -hmm. now he's not got a voice for it. So
0: yeah,
1: you know he's got to he's got to evolve with it.
0: Well, this is one of the things as well is that a lot of the songs that are in this musical because they were written out of sequence and not anything to do with this musical, they were written pre-talkies. Yeah, and so that kind of plays into the way that they're performed in this film, and it ties in a lot to the plot. But specifically, when they wrote these songs they were trying to find a way to keep musicals popular with audiences, especially as they went into the talkie era because you didn't have a dude sat at the piano at the front of the cinema anymore. Or if you did, you probably weren't seeing a musical. No. Because they needed a way to perform these. Yes. So it's figuring out how we do that.
1: So it it definitely shows then, or I say definitely, in my mind that just kind of cements that this is the story of you know, the once most famous man in Hollywood who's now struggling to survive in the new climate. Hmm. And, you know, I don't think it's going to end depressing. Yeah. I I think it will end positively, very similar to the artist, that he becomes part of the revolution. You know, the artist, he ends up doing the dancing, doing the musicals, and people are like, wow, you've, you've created a new genre and found a way to keep yourself relevant.
0: Yeah, I actually haven't seen that.
1: Really? Yeah. Oh, The Artist is such a great film.
0: Yeah, but the reason I haven't seen it is because my mum saw it and was like, oh, you'd prefer Singing in the Rain. <laughs> so, like, okay.
1: <laughs> I'm right then that The Artist draws a lot of inspiration from Singing in the Rain. From what
0: I've heard, yeah. Oh, okay. So, when this was being put into production, they wanted Howard Keel as their lead man. Yes. Who, at the time, was doing sort of similar things to Gene Kelly. He was a singer and a very, like, big leading man but he was at the time trying to make a comeback as a singing cowboy in a lot of that kind of musical. And so they decided to fall back onto tradition and go for Gene Kelly. At the time, he was starring in An American in Paris, so he was busy filming that and trying to choreograph that as well, which he was also working on with Stanley Donan. And as the script was being written, they decided that actually, why don't we just hire Stanley Donan to come in and do this with Gene Kelly once they're finished with American in Paris. That's cool. Which basically turned out to be a great idea. So they gave them the script. They both immediately agreed, and they both immediately became involved with rewrites and reimaginings of certain scenes so that they would become more musical theatre and more in line with Gene Kelly's work and Stanley Donan's work thus far. And then they basically decided that they were just going to do it. They were going to film this movie and go for it. Uh, Gene Kelly auditioned hundreds of girls to be his leading lady and eventually settled on Debbie Reynolds. Despite the fact that she did not do well in her dancing audition, (laughs) he thought he could see potential in her.
1: I think sometimes though you want to work with the person who's not the finished product you want to work with somebody that you can mold more Mm -hmm. If they've got a particular style in mind for the dance yeah and you've got somebody who you know isn't the best dancer but has the potential and with the right training Mm -hmm. could become even better
0: yeah
1: as opposed to having to reconfigure and re-choreograph your plans to play to someone's pre-existing strengths yeah. I think the easiest one is actually you hire somebody who with three months training
0: mm-hmm.
1: will be passable to great at the style you want as opposed to you know you have to compromise your vision
0: Yeah. so her background Debbie Reynolds was yes. in gymnastics which bodes well for rhythms as a sense with the dancing however Jean Kelly was horrible to her Oh, really with her dancing because he wanted it to be perfect. And he the way he that he treated her was as if she was a professional dancer and she was making mistakes that she should know not to do. Whereas actually she has no dance basis. And Fred Astaire came into the studio one day and found her crying underneath the piano Aww. and asked her what was happening. And she explained and Fred Astaire was like, it's fine, I'll train you. So Fred Astaire trained her to dance for this film.
1: Is Fred Astaire at this point in time a bigger name than Gene Kelly? Yeah. That's amazing. Definitely.
0: And after the film had come out and after it came out that he was really mean to her, Gene Kelly did apologise to her and said that she was a delight to work with. And the fact that she was a delight to work with just shows what a nice person she was because she didn't have to talk to him ever again after the way that he treated her. And she was still really nice. But... She said, singing in the rain and childbirth are the two hardest things I've ever had to do in my life. (laughs) And also they filmed, there's one routine in this film that they filmed from 8am until 11pm for a four minute dance routine. And her feet were bleeding by the end of the day.
1: Yeah. Dance is a very, very difficult art form. Mm
0: -hmm. I've
1: got a lot of respect for it. Mm -hmm. We... We're watching a documentary on Francesca Haywood.
0: Yep, the Nutcracker.
1: Yeah, doing her first Sugar Plum Fairy. And you're having to explain to me that, like, it's okay for these people to be, like, army drill instructors. Yeah. I'm, like, watching it, and they're, they're shouting to these kids and, and everything, and I understand that, obviously, ballet comes with very specific rules and mm. heritage.
0: Yeah, and the ballet industry has been discussed so so much further in depth by people who know so much more about it than we do but yeah there's a lot of screaming at children but it is it just
1: even francesca hayward's performance when you see the stuff she's doing and like how Mm. long she's on like point four you just think i mean it's beautiful and Mm. i loved watching her performance but why is that ever evolved to this point where these difficult routines would do that like Mm. in You know, the damage that's going to do to your feet, to your limbs, you know, you do have, I'd imagine, a very short shelf life with ballet because, you know, the damage to yourself physically. But could you imagine doing any kind of dance for that long that it would make you bleed from your feet? Yeah. And then get up and have to do it the next day.
0: And there's there's a reason why ballerinas don't perform for that long. Like, they train... But and I know it. they have insane training hours. Oh, yeah. But nobody would ever expect someone to dance from 8am till 11pm. No, That's I know. That's insane. I ha- and she's in heels. I- so <laughs>
1: I have a lot of respect for dancers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I-, I have two left feet. I've got a very weak sense of rhythm.
0: Yeah. I'm not saying yeah, because I-, <laughs> I agree that no, you're dancing bad. I don't it, think I've ever seen you dance. It's,
1: it's, it, it must be so challenging. Anyway, mm-hmm. without then having to keep redoing it when you are in a lot of pain.
0: Yeah,
1: and obviously sometimes, like when we saw Francesca Hayward's performance, like wow, beautiful.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm they... sure I'll
1: say the same about Debbie Reynolds. Like wow, is it worth it though for the amount of damage you could do to yourself?
0: Well, so Donald O'Connor yeah. actually ended up in hospital after one of the scenes that he did. Jeez. I imagine when we watch it, you will be able to tell which of his dance numbers I'm talking about. But he smokes four packs of cigarettes a day. And because of how energetic the dances were, he ended up in hospital because of his lungs. The dance scene where Debbie Reynolds' feet were bleeding, because they recorded all day, has all three of them in it. Wow. Which only makes that dance harder to film. Because if one of them makes one tiny mistake, you have to restart. they look out a sequence and you have to start over.
1: Yeah, this is the thing. The amount of work that people do for their art mm-hmm. is, is both amazing but also ridiculous sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, who am I to judge? Like, I'm, I'm a perfectionist when I do things. Like, I will do it that way. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just incredible. So I'm very, very intrigued to see what the dancing's like. I feel like this is one where the dancing has been far more of a vocal part than it has been the singing. Yeah. So this started then as an MGM project for kind of these miscellaneous songs. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a jukebox musical, but not. You've got these random songs you're now trying to fit Mm -hmm. a plot to.
0: Yeah. There's a couple of songs that started out in different places within yeah. the film and then got reshuffled and songs that were in the film originally and then got taken out and then got back in somewhere else okay. and which is so interesting yeah to research about and like because i've seen this a billion times
1: so it's almost like a frankenstein's musical then yeah
0: kind of the stage show though that's
1: what i was gonna ask has there been a stage show
0: yes and so i have seen the stage show when it came here yeah it's amazing. They have a... Well, like, you're aware of the Singing in the Rain song. It's raining. He's dancing. There's water. The stage for the stage show has a set-in, like, drain.
1: I would hope so. Into
0: the stage. And they just pour water onto the stage while these dancers dance. And the first four rows is the splash zone. Because cool. they kick water at you during the show. It's amazing.
1: I don't think Singing in the Rain as a song is going to be that late into the show. I feel like it's going to be very, very early. Primarily for that reason as well. But yeah. I feel like it's one of those very early set pieces. Mm-hmm. And it will probably end with, like, the number that you were just telling me, the four that the the 8am to 11pm, like, that will be towards mm-hmm. the end. That might be the final set piece. It's the big show-stopping number. The yeah. show-stopping number! <laughs> Does the stage show differ in length to the film is the stage a lot longer is it about the same length
0: about the same
1: okay so it's going to be quite a long film we're watching then today
0: mm-hmm. cool you're gonna like it
1: i'm i'm sure i will i you know we've we i was thinking about this the other day that i don't think we've actually done an older musical for quite a while yeah
0: i've stayed very modern recently
1: we have been like if you look back to the previous shows we've we've covered over mm-hmm. the, the past few weeks, you know, you've done didn't Like Musicals, Sister Act, Stage Right, Last Five Years, Jekyll and Hyde, Sister Act, Fame, Burlesque, Freaky Friday, Shrek, 2014 Annie, Legally Blonde, Chicago. But 19... do you know
0: why I go with modern ones?
1: Because you think I'm going to like them more.
0: Yeah, generally you haven't liked the but old ones But my
1: point being is that all of these ones, like the... the... Carousel was perhaps the oldest show we've done, and that was 10th of August, right? Mm-hmm. So it's September, October, three months. All of these other shows feel like they're a lot newer. Yeah. Even though we're doing maybe modernised versions of them, they still feel a lot newer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's 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 been a long time since we went back and watched something old.
0: Yeah.
1: And we watched something old in its original format. Mm-hmm. Which I'm quite excited for. Yeah. I have to say, like, had we done Singing in the Rain maybe closer to the start of this show, like back in May, maybe I wouldn't be as excited. Yeah. But I feel, especially knowing that, you know, the next month or so is also going to be quite newer shows. I'm yeah, quite excited to have something classic. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that we're watching the Gene Kelly, Debbie Reynolds version.
0: Yeah. Good. I like it.
1: Good. So I think it's time that we head to Hollywood. I've got my tap shoes on. Mm -hmm. I hope it's tap shoes. I hope I I shouldn't have bought ballet pumps.
0: (laughs) You should definitely have tap shoes.
1: Okay, good. So I've got the right footwear. Yep. I've got a smile.
0: Of course.
1: Hopefully this show will make me laugh. Yep. Have you got any additional points you want to say before we watch this? Is that actually
0: you? Actually know that song?
1: Make them laugh. Make them laugh. I've been singing that. that all day,
0: but how do you know that song?
1: It's in Family Guy.
0: Of course, Quagmire sings it. Of course, it's in... oh no, he just does the same routine. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the one I was talking about that Donald O'Connor gets injured during.
1: Ah, oh, okay, I can see yeah. that. <laughs> okay.
0: That's why he's
1: this big comedian.
0: Yeah. Well, so this is the thing. A lot of the songs, I am kind of expecting you to know, mostly because they've all been used as adverts yes. in this country. And they've all shown up in Family Guy or Glee at some point. So, yeah, you're going to recognise a lot of them.
1: Yeah, well, I have a wonderful feeling.
0: Do you? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Hopefully, when we come back, I will be happy again. Mm -hmm. It's off to uh, singing some rain. Yes. We will talk to you when we return very, very shortly. up above the sun's in my heart and i'm ready for love
0: and we are back
1: i am soaked to the bone
0: i imagine so
1: i guess it's my fault like it started raining perhaps the smart decision was to stay inside where it's warm not go Mm. out and sing but yeah I stand by my decision
0: and jump in puddles and kick water at a policeman.
1: yeah, he didn't look happy at me, did he? <laughs> but you know, somebody got an umbrella off from it, so yeah, I would say worthwhile experience. So sure. this was a lot of fun. Good. I feel like this is the first classical musical we have covered at least since my fair lady that I've mm. enjoyed. Cool. Because I don't feel like there's really any, like, problems with it. It's just good, wholesome fun. Yeah. Like, there's no outdated depictions, at least to my knowledge. You know, maybe I've I've missed something. Yeah. It just feels, like, really wholesome and really positive and really pure.
0: Mm.
1: And I had a great time watching this one.
0: Yeah. It's just a nice, cute, like, cuddle-up-on-the-sofa movie.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that that's exactly what we needed today. Mm-hmm. It kind of starts with Singing in the Rain.
0: Yeah. So before we watched it, I told you there were bits where there were going to be bits in this movie where they had shot a scene and then decided it didn't work where it was in the movie, but they didn't want to get rid of it. So yeah. They just moved it to somewhere else. This is one of those things. So originally, Singing in the Rain was going to be sung by all three characters as they left the theatre after seeing the film.
1: Which is what I thought because there's a scene later on where he's leaving the theater in a yellow raincoat.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then they, when they get home, they sing "Good Morning" yes. instead, and they thought that that worked better there instead of Fair. singing in "The Rain," so they moved it. But they didn't want to cut that entirely, so they just stuck Could, it right at the beginning yeah. of the movie.
1: It's a nice little sequence. Like, I, it, it's not the full "Singing in the Rain," but it's quite nice to start with. Yeah, that as a song and a little sequence. Here are our three key characters. Mm-hmm. It's very weird because it's like before we have even started watching the, lot, before we know what's going on, we see our three key protagonists and they're united. Yeah. Which is really interesting because obviously when we do meet them, they're not. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like foreshadowing everything that's going to happen, which is really quite meta in a way.
0: Yeah. And it leads really nicely into the overture because this movie... It's so old, we yeah. actually get a proper overture. And the
1: overture's great. I just thought this was a really nice and cheesy way to start it off. Like, they yeah. look so cheesy in their little raincoats with their boots and yeah. umbrellas. And it was just like, already, I'm like, I'm going to have a great time.
0: Good.
1: So we're at the premiere of The Royal Rascal yeah. at the Hollywood Chinese Theatre. Yes. That's really cool. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like this is genuinely like a love letter to Hollywood.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, you have... Real world locations and kind of like real world implications, Mm -hmm. which I think is brilliant.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, You know, a lot of musicals sometimes take place in a real world location, but still there's something like fantastical and almost like not real about it. Yeah. And it's nice that this just seems so regular. Mm -hmm. Like, I know we're a celebrity premiere, but like it just feels so normal, which is cool.
0: So we we have uh the I guess MC. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think her job is? She's clearly a reporter.
1: Yeah, she's she's the host of the red carpet.
0: Yeah. Is that a job?
1: Yeah, you get like red carpet hosts. I
0: didn't know that was a thing. This
1: felt like very much the infancy of celebrity culture.
0: Yeah. So you've got all the people that are actually there but this is also being broadcast on the radio. Yes. So that people can see it. You've got a baroness turning up. Maleficent. Yeah. With her sugar daddy, essentially. And then we have Zelda, who is in a sort of flapper-esque dancer. She's also a movie star. People love her. Yes. So she shows up with her boyfriend. She's like the tier
1: below...
0: Lena. Lena. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And we meet Cosmo.
0: Yes, we do. And he arrives on his own. Everyone thinks that he will be arriving with Gene Kelly. So they're all really excited to see Cosmo... And then they realise it's just Cosmo.
1: Yeah, he gets immediately ignored as soon as Lena Lamont and Don Lockwood show up. Yes. So at this point, I'm not sure if they're a couple or just good friends Mm -hmm. because people are talking as if they are a couple.
0: Yeah.
1: But Don is very quick to be like, no, 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 no. We're just friends. We're just friends. And I wondered how much of that is like the public face versus the private face. And it emerges that like they are selling them as a couple because it makes people want to see the films more. Yeah. So they're pretending to be a couple, but also like very much like, no, we're not a couple, wink, wink.
0: I think they're not even pretending to do that. They're just like...
1: Well, Dom's pretending. people think whatever they want. Yeah, but Lena believes it.
0: Yeah, she does because she reads her own fan magazines. Yeah,
1: and she thinks it's true, mm-hmm. which what a weird relationship to be in.
0: Yeah, because that's what her... um Agency are spinning for yeah. her.
1: Don has one motto.
0: Dignity. Always dignity.
1: And we watch Don and Cosmo grow up together with no dignity whatsoever. No, so we and have... it's great.
0: Yeah. So we have Fit as a Fiddle and Ready for Love, which is the song that plays all the way through this sequence. Yes.
1: So we see little Don and Cosmo sneaking into a show. Yeah. And we see Amateur Night. Mm-hmm. That has no dignity. Nope, none And that's great. Like, they're just having fun.
0: But I love the juxtaposition of this whole scene as he's doing this narration where he's talking about mother and father sent me to the finest schools and I always performed for their up society friends. And yes. then there's him dancing in the pool room. And then, uh, and if I was very good, they would take me to the theatre to see Shakespeare or Proust. As he sneaks in, As yeah. he sneaks into the cinema.
1: We get a really nice sequence where they're playing... Fiddles. I doubt they're actually playing those fiddles, no, but aren't. like, it's a really fun sequence. Yeah, I have to admit, like, I was really surprised at how well Cosmo keeps up with Don in terms yeah. of the choreography because Gene Kelly is an amazing dancer, but mm-hmm. also somebody that I think everyone has heard of as being like this standout dancer, like yeah. tears above everyone else. Mm-hmm. So to see somebody I'd never heard of, yeah, basically keeping up with him. Was amazing.
0: Yeah. So Donald O'Connor, who plays Cosmo, yeah, is a phenomenal dancer. Absolutely. Obviously not. Oh, I I think they're very well paired in yes. this film. Like we know that Gene Kelly was a really really great dancer, and he obviously choreographed this movie. Mm-hmm. But I think the difference is Gene Kelly dances like Gene Kelly. Yeah. Donald O'Connor. Dances in character. Yes. And he's dancing the way that Cosmo would dance, which is kind of the comedy sidekick character. But
1: when they're paired together and they're dancing together, it doesn't look like one is better than the other. Yeah. You're not looking at and thinking that Cosmo is miles behind Mm -hmm. Don. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. I don't know what Gene Kelly's... History is. Yeah. I don't know if he's somebody who is more problematic than I'm aware of. Mm. But I have to say, like, he's choreographing this. Mm. He would have every right to make himself be miles above everyone else. Yeah. And he doesn't do that. He actually is, like, boosting everyone else. And it makes the film seem so much better as a result. Like, I quite like seeing that and thinking, like, huh, they look like equals. I think that's really Mm. awesome. Do
0: you find when you watch musicals that you often notice who the stronger dancer is yes do you think yeah especially when there's like a big dance number yeah and your eye is drawn to like i it's my favorite thing in the greatest showman (laughs) and i'm not a huge fan of that movie but in the dance scene for this is me yeah where they're all dancing together all of the circus folks acts yeah they're all dancing together, and there's one woman in the background who is just so good, and she's like miles beyond everyone else. But her dancing and her theatricality are just fantastic, yeah. and she's right next to Zendaya, and I was just like, "Why would you put her there?" Yeah, she's such a good dancer. But that's
1: what I think is: I think the, the movie would have looked bad had it been like Cosmo was visibly steps behind. Mm. I'm not disputing that Gene Kelly is perhaps a better dancer than what he shows there, but the fact that he's choreographed... They're very well paired. Yeah, yeah, like he's choreographed his moves, maybe toned it down than what he would have done on a solo performance to make mm-hmm. both of them look good. And I think that's an amazing thing in what could be quite a cutthroat industry sometimes. Yeah. I really liked it. I thought it was a really nice moment. The, the double jazz square was good.
0: Yeah, so that's what we've called it. I don't know what the actual name for this dance move would be, but they both do you a sort of tuck kick as they yeah. go around in a square together. So I called it a double jazz square. Yeah, I don't I know it what it would awesome. actually be. That move is great because they're yeah. both just moving on the like on the same axis. It looks amazing.
1: Yeah, so we follow them through their vaudeville careers and we see that they are musicians on a silent feature. Mm-hmm. And the actor, Bert, gets knocked out during this big like set piece. Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, we'll have to wait. And Don, being like... Opportunist, mm-hmm. says, "Well, I can do that yeah. easily." Does it, and that's his career. He becomes stuntman extraordinaire, yeah,
0: basically, because Bert was supposed to get punched and go backwards over a bar, <laughs> but he and fell take and out, out his a head. I think, yeah, he knocks himself unconscious yeah. on the bar with, when the guy hits him, which yeah. is which was a danger for stuntmen at the time no, because at absolutely. the time you just did those stunts. Yeah, it wasn't. Here's the wire you're attached to. Yeah.
1: So we get like a mini montage of three or four stunts that Don does Mm -hmm. and then he meets Lena and she doesn't give him the time of day until the producer says we're going to put you in movies and suddenly she's interested and he walks away. He's like, I've made my decision about you and I don't care for you.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's great because I feel like that character's integrity stays the same. Like he will work with her as long as it's mutually beneficial, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't have to like her. This whole sequence really made me like Don. As a character, I think you have a danger because he is this superstar actor at this point in Mm -hmm. time uh, possibly making him arrogant, egomaniacal and unlikable.
0: If you'd have had him really like that Lena was now into him, he would have been a much more unlikable character. But as soon as he realises how shallow she is, he's just like, okay.
1: Yeah, but throughout this whole sequence, he seems likeable. It's not like he's manipulated and played a game of thrones with this like Mm -hmm. he has just taken chances and 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 made the most of opportunities he's clearly stayed true to his best friend Mm -hmm. the fact that his voiceover is a juxtaposition doesn't make me like him any less it's almost like he's Having this big joke to the reporters that yeah. later him and Cosmo will laugh about, it and be like, we were never dignified. Yeah, and
0: you can see every time it flashes back to actual Don standing there talking, Cosmo's just sit there like, oh my god. Yeah,
1: it just feels like they don't take themselves seriously, and I do I like wonder that. with this
0: how much of it is what the studio has told him that his backstory is. Yeah, because that probably plays into it a little bit as well. Yeah. If, like, that's how they bill him, as, like, grew up in the theatre, like, he's a big star.
1: Well, it's clearly something that he's very preoccupied with. Because it's going to emerge in a few scenes time that he doesn't see himself as a real actor. No. So I feel like, you know, he's saying all this, enjoying the moment whilst it lasts, you knowing it could all come crumbling down at any point in time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure what we'd make of this character, like... The stuff you told me about him behind the scenes, you know, like, obviously, he doesn't seem like he's a bad guy, but maybe made some questionable decisions to the way he treated Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. But, you know, as soon as you said this was about the Hollywood system, I started thinking, I'm not going to like this character until he turns himself around. But no, he's he's incredibly likable throughout. Yep. There's no moral journey. I think, you know, he just evolves and keeps his career when it could all crumble apart. Yeah,
0: and I really like that. I feel like a lot of films nowadays, especially ones that center around characters, yeah. rather than like a big plot point, do, you know, the the traditional thing of like, this character starts out with some kind of really big flaw, yeah, and we have like, they learn, or they fall in love, and they learn how to overcome their flaw, and then they fall back on their flaw, but then then overcome it for once yeah finally and this movie is so nice because i don't have to endure that no exactly (laughs) i just get to find out about the plot
1: yeah the silent movie interlude is great like i really loved watching that the film that they've done yeah they must have had so much they must have had so much fun and it makes me really want to re it really makes me want to re-watch the artist Mm -hmm. because i just want to watch like a silent film again like watching it it was just so much fun to like watch like a simpler like cinema experience
0: oh we get my favourite line in this entire movie which is the two girls that are in the audience watching this film one of them says she's so refined I think I'll kill myself yes (laughs) which is hilarious which that is that is the kind of overdramatic nonsense that I'm yeah. here
1: for. So one of the things I hadn't noticed up until this moment where Lena and Don come out and say thank you for supporting us
0: is that she hasn't spoken. She yet. hasn't spoken. Yeah.
1: And Don does all the speaking on the red carpet mm-hmm. and he's doing all the speaking now. And I do why
0: did you think in this moment where he where they've come out onto the stage and he keeps talking over her, because at this point you've said he, they've already made him really likeable. Yes. Why did you think he was doing that?
1: Honestly, because it was silent movies and her voice doesn't fit her character.
0: You knew, you got it straight I, away. That's what okay. I figured
1: what was going for, because there was a real urgency to him dragging her mm-hmm. back. I didn't feel like it was male ego of I'm the star, you're not. Yeah, good. The way she's presented on the red carpet, the way she's presented in that film, the way, you know, presumably young teenage girl has talked about her. Yeah, she is refined
0: mm-hmm. how, and, how and they can acting, maintain the gimmick
1: yeah. as long as she doesn't talk
0: mm-hmm.
1: and yeah i i figured like that's what it's going to be
0: yeah and you were absolutely spot on yeah jean hagan who is playing lena is incredible yeah because this isn't what her voice actually sounds no, like no we
1: actually get one line later on mm-hmm. that is her real voice
0: and um, yeah <laughs>
1: There's a really nice moment behind the scenes and it was such a misogynistic line, but works, they expect a beautiful woman to have a beautiful voice. What's
0: wrong with the way I talk? But like <laughs> I love it.
1: No, I know. And it's one of those ones that like actually yes, they do expect, and your career will come crumbling down if they I ever... understand
0: why they don't just tell her that though. Because if you told this character if you talk in front of audiences, they're not going to come and watch your movies anymore and you will lose everything. I feel I like she'd be like, okay. I
1: don't think she'd believe them. No, okay, I think, that's fair enough. I she reads her she, fan magazines. Yeah, I about. think she'd view it as a sabotage attempt against her to highlight a younger actress. Yeah, fair enough. I I feel like she's a sort of character that believes her own hype like she has got like a team of people behind the scenes being like, oh yeah you are fantastic mm. there is no movie industry without you yeah there's no way she's doing like believing that because she's perfect
0: yeah
1: she believes she's a refined woman mm. like she says what's the matter with my voice like
0: yeah
1: <laughs> she calls him my fiance, and he replies with you've been reading the fan magazines again
0: she calls him my fiancee yeah which is great <laughs> and he
1: says there's only been error between us Yep. Which I think is great. Cosmo has no fame, no mansion, nothing. And I feel sorry for him. Mm-hmm. But he's having a great time. And... Cosmo's
0: the ultimate best friend. Oh, in this yeah. Because when it actually matters, he's really here for Don.
1: And he, he gets good moments too. Like, he grows and he gets opportunities. He's not left behind whilst Don's successful. Mm-hmm. He does experience success thanks to this journey, which is nice. It's not like we end with Don being like superstar extraordinaire and cosmo like literally being where we meet him like every character gets something out of this
0: yeah and you we get a lot of because like in this film because obviously it's set in hollywood and the making of films in hollywood they could have made mr simpson a really horrible person no
1: but again he's quite nice he's
0: really nice He's really nice to Cosmo.
1: (laughs) He is, and I yeah, I I like. I think he just
0: appreciates their loyalty.
1: The only character in this I don't like is the character I'm not supposed to like, Mm -hmm. and that's Lena.
0: They do a really good job of that.
1: Yeah, and you know, I feel like that's really successful. Zelda, yes. I have
0: like a a weird thing with her where I'm kind of like, I didn't get enough of this character to understand why she's like this.
1: Yes. I think, yeah, we'll talk about Zelda as, as like, because yeah, as as there's it. not much about Zelda. Mm-mm. They're outside, they get in the car and it breaks down and Don obviously gets mobbed. Immediately. And Close he shouts... Mark,
0: please call me a cab. You're a cab. <laughs> okay, you're a cab. <laughs> Amazing. He
1: makes a stuntman's escape. You can tell that's where he got his start in Hollywood.
0: Yeah, only a former stuntman would climb up on top of a trolley to escape and then jump off of it into a car. He
1: jumps into Debbie Reynolds' car and she understandably panics. A scene that has not aged well. The police dismiss her concerns because it's Don Lockwood. Basically. (laughs) It is funny. It's the
0: one scene that I that I was like, oh, this is kind of dodgy. <laughs> yeah, like
1: Don could get if he was a nasty person, he could get away with anything. And luckily, actually, he has a good moral compass. Yeah.
0: I love that her immediate reaction to this man dropping into her car is that she assumes first of all, she keeps driving. Yeah. And and she Well she drives until she can he's... safely stop. Yeah. She assumes that he's a uh, like some kind of serial killer. <laughs> Like, she says, oh, I've seen your picture on the wanted posters. I love it.
1: Yeah. What I love, though, is she actually does know who he is. Mm -hmm. Like, she's just, I guess, shocked in the moment. He's very smooth. And we get a Shania Twain reference. So you're a movie star. That don't impress me much.
0: Ew, I was trying to figure out where you were going with that, and I didn't get it. I like that song, though. I mean, it's
1: true. Mm -hmm. She ain't impressed with movie boy Don Lockwood he needs to speak better words like Shakespeare or Ibsen because stage actors are better Mm -hmm. than movie actors and I really like the feud between the different mediums here Mm because they're doing the same job I don't know (laughs) what is harder I think both have pros and cons like
0: I just love that his immediate reaction is like oh well what are you in right now
1: yeah and she's like, and she's
0: like
1: uh. yeah. I mean, this is it. Obviously, film actors, you got to repeat the same thing again and again till it's right,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is so tedious and boring. But stage actors, you have to get it right perfectly in front of a hopefully sold out crowd. Yeah, there's no like retakes. So, I I actually think she's got a point. <laughs> I think. You know, I'm slightly edging towards the screen performers, like having it a little bit easier than the the stage performers. Yeah. But I like that. I like the, the, the kind of jokey feud between them. Like mm-hmm. they're the same job, but like actually mine is better.
0: Yeah.
1: And he says, I must tear myself from your side. And he walks off. Yes. And you hear that rip. Yeah. As his clothes were stuck in the mm-hmm. coat and you, and you just get Debbie Reynolds like a proper love yeah. Yeah. I wonder I mean obviously she's a fantastic actress so she can just do that but you see moments like that and you wonder if it was just completely unplanned mm-hmm. and that's the joy of films when you watch something like that and you think is that a genuine reaction or is that just a really good performance you should believe it's real and that looks so real to me and I loved it
0: Yeah,
1: immediate great great introduction to this character
0: mm-hmm.
1: I love her She's she's fantastic she can hold her own She's not intimidated by the big successful man.
0: Yeah.
1: But Don starts to doubt his prowess. He's at this after party and he's shaken, but not stirred. Yeah. There's a really tiny dancer man as well, like looking up at the the girl he's dancing with. Mm. And that was just funny. Like a good visual gag. It literally served no purpose then to just be like a 30 second laugh and it made me laugh. Yeah. All I do, Drew, is dream of you.
0: All I do the whole night through is dream of you. Bin- 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 bin. I like that song.
1: Yeah, it's a really nice little sequence. I really love that Debbie Reynolds is having to sweep like streamers off her face
0: during the yeah. song. Yeah. How
1: cool is it that like they are throwing streamers?
0: Yeah, and I never realised that before yeah. we watched it this time that what they're giving out when all the girls come out and are handing stuff out of their weird little pockets they're handing out streamers for the audience to throw at them which is yeah. really cool because they're the floor show for this party
1: yeah I'm, I, this is it like it's great dancing because they're doing some really interesting dances and not tripping over these shoes because you can see them getting caught up in their legs see,
0: yeah they're properly tangled yeah. in these things
1: they do show a film it's the first ever talkie and yeah. everyone's like well he's just behind the screen oh,
0: behind that screen and he's Mr. like Simpson.
1: I'm right here Oh, I I it's love that. Yes, I love their reactions. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not the future. Yeah, it's, it's a fad. But actually the Warner Brothers are making Jazz Singer with this technology.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I like that. It's a th- throwaway line. Nobody does anything more with it. But it's going to become very, very important. Yes.
0: And we have another excellent line where Don is now talking to Kathy because yeah. he's Kind of still making fun of her. Oh yeah, and he's like, "Well, now I know where you live." And he gestures to the cake that, I she, popped love that she
1: popped out. That she popped out of the cake. Yeah, of
0: course it's her that pops out the of the cake. Of
1: course, and it's just it's so funny after she's taken like this moral high ground and yeah. she's like, "Oh,
0: here's my question." She knows that she's been hired to dance at the house party of the guy who runs Monumental Pictures, which is the studio that he's yes. booked with the same night as their films just premiered, which she later admits to being quite into them Oh, movies. yeah, no,
1: I think full stop. Like, she's there to hopefully, like, meet people and maybe people notice her talent and be like, you, yeah. you you know.
0: No, I just feel like once he'd gotten out of her car, she should have been like, he's going to be at this party.
1: Well, no, because they drop him at his place and then he comes back.
0: No, she drops him at a clothes shop. She drops him oh, at a tailor's. Yeah, I... so he can get a new jacket. Fair.
1: I mean, she clearly is into him. Like, she's giving him all that. But it's like, she's just, it's the bravado. Mm. She likes his eyes. <laughs> oh, I love Pride and Our Prejudice the musical. musical. Go back and listen them. to that episode if you haven't already. And make sure you check out Pride and Prejudice the musical it's on so good. Amazon if you're in the UK. Or wherever you can watch it in the world. Because it's great. It just was amazing.
0: We need to watch it again.
1: Absolutely, 100%.
0: Also, I had her ladyship's praise stuck in my head the other day, (laughs) which is just, like, such a great villain song. Yeah,
1: it is. But, yes, I think she knows that she's going to encounter him there, and she is just giving bravado because she knows who he is but, like, doesn't want to seem, like, infatuated because Mm. he is a man in Hollywood and she doesn't want to give him the wrong idea.
0: Yeah, and also, again, like she admits later on, she reads these fan magazines. Yes. She knows that he's with Lena, Yeah, supposedly.
1: Which is so funny because they have an argument and she picks up a cake, he moves.
0: It's and... one thing I've learned from the movies.
1: Yes, and Lena gets caked. I love Kathy's
0: sass. <laughs> I love that Cosmo says you've never looked more beautiful. Yes, <laughs> I
1: like that neither Cosmo or Don like don't Lena. care about her at all. Yeah, yeah. They are just, they're enduring her.
0: Yeah. But yeah, they literally just put up with her yeah. because they have to. Yeah.
1: And it doesn't feel nasty. Like, it never feels.
0: No, they're not mean to her. No, they that's just what kind I mean. of don't care about. Yeah,
1: her. it never feels nasty.
0: She's mean to them.
1: Oh, yeah. And they, they, they just put up with it. Don is smitten.
0: Mm-hmm. And I like
1: that we kind of see as he leaves that he's smitten with this girl. We cut a little bit in the future and Jazz Sing It is a hit. Yeah, But Don thinks they can compete with their new shoot.
0: The dueling cavalier. The dueling yeah.
1: cavalier. I really like walking through the back lot and seeing all these different films being
0: shot. <laughs> all next to each other. Yeah.
1: But Don is still kind of like trepidatious about his career. Kind of like, have I got much more to offer? And Cosmo <laughs> helps by saying, if you sin one, you've seen them all. Yeah. It's not quite the motivation. It sounds he like you're the
0: second person to say that to me.
1: Yeah. Are oh, we going to one of the greatest songs?
0: Yes. Make them laugh.
1: The show must go on, he says. hmm Um everything about this performance is amazing. Like the 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 singing is great. hmm But then there's also these brilliant facial expressions and like smooth movements. Mm-hmm there's the smushed face bit yep where he runs
0: into the wall which
1: is great i love the combination of like slapstick humor here Mm -hmm. alongside like a really energetic musical number the running flip trifecta at the end where he runs up the wall does it great does it a second time and the third time falls through yeah (laughs) oh i loved it
0: so the wall at the back that has the... It's like a painting of a corridor going yes. into the distance. very
1: Looney Tunes.
0: That wall is an optical illusion. Yeah. Because it's actually at a slant away from the camera so that he can actually get up it. Mm-hmm. It's not a flat wall. Yeah. But it's painted to look like it is a flat wall. Yeah. So that when he runs up it, we can't tell that. That's but so cool. he is <laughs> doing this nearly killed him.
1: I, well, you told me that... Yeah. He had to go to hospital after Florence. I'm not surprised.
0: That, um dance move of running up the wall yeah. and doing the backflip and landing. That was something he did when he was a, a young dancer. And Gene Kelly said to him, I want I want you to do this, please. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to do this dance move. I think he said, please. I think he said, you're doing this dance move.
1: He definitely has seen mm. Dr. Hidgin's pitch yeah. for Working Boys mm. and thought, I'm going to take your Friday afternoon 5pm and i'm gonna one-up you yeah and he's definitely one up, Tim.
0: so do you want to know the worst part go for it they filmed the whole sequence he did it he thought he was gonna die at the end and gene kelly applauded him and told him that he did a really good job and he said do you think you could do that number again (laughs) and donald o'connor was like yeah yeah sure anytime like okay shut up and Gene Kelly was like, well, you're going to have to do it again tomorrow because the aperture was wrong on the camera and we fogged the camera.
1: Oh, no. <laughs>
0: and he did it again the next day. And oh, his so feet good. were blue because yeah. they bruised so
1: much. The dancing throughout this. I I don't know off the top of my head if we have seen another musical that has such impressive dancing on this show.
0: We're going to watch Cats. It'll be fine.
1: I know. But like... <laughs> I'm just trying to think back through every show we've kind of covered. Like Newsies was great.
0: Newsies has phenomenal dance It does have
1: phenomenal choreography, but at the same time it's not
0: It's not like individual choreography. It's not like every
1: single bit of choreography is so extravagant
0: hmm. and
1: elaborate. Mm-hmm. I just feel like this is one where every single dance number bar one, I was captivated.
0: Is your one gonna be You Were Meant for Me? No. Oh, okay.
1: So, Lena thinks old-fashioned clothes are for... dopes. Hmm. She's not feeling this new attire. And this film is going to be a flop. Like, everything about it, you're watching it, like, it's not going to work, especially with the context of the jazz singer being successful. Yeah. We learn that Lena got Kathy fired, boo her, because of the cake incident. Mm Mm-hmm. But we also have, like, a really good hands-on director. Mr. Simpson has said, we're going to put this shoot on hold.
0: Yeah. We
1: are going to make it a talkie. Mm -hmm. Now, I love the bit where we come back a few weeks later. They have a recording studio, and the director has to go in, out, in, out, in, out. He's like, here's the mic. It's in the plant. Mm -hmm. Talking to the mic. Yeah and you've got this brilliant bit where she's swaying her head back and forth and when she's passing the mic you can hear it but when she's facing away from the mic you can't hear it
0: it's going in and out
1: the really snide conversations they had like when it was not a talkie were brilliant like because they're just recording and they're like you are evil and I hate you and (laughs) I will never ever put you on my Christmas card list
0: yep when they filmed the dance sequences with debbie reynolds any of her dance sequences she was mic'd so that they could pick up her voice and her singing and in the same way that it does in this scene the microphone that they used from her was picking up her heartbeat so they just had to dub all of her singing anyway yeah which i think is hilarious considering that's a plot point of this film yeah. How can that happen in production?
1: No, I know. It's so funny. I just love... So, obviously, we, we make the decision this is going to be a talkie. Mm-hmm. Cosmo's going to get a promotion because we need music. Yes. Great, good for him. But after they say this is going to be a talkie, they realise they're in trouble. Because Lena can't talk. And yes. I love that.
0: I love that she says, well, of course we talk, don't everybody. Yeah, And they're all like, oh, God.
1: We we get two kind of mess songs Ooh. I don't know. Holiday Today, kind of the weird vibe of it hurt my eyes.
0: Yeah, it's just supposed to be a, an introduction to how people are using talking yes. pictures now as like adverts and things. I
1: feel like Beautiful Girls was great. Would have been better if it was just Beautiful Girls. But because you mm-hmm. got you, Holiday Today, just it did hurt my eyes watching it. Mm. Beautiful Girls was great. I actually thought it was it, you know much better.
0: This song in the stage show is sung stood standing on top of a plane oh wow they have a full plane just wheeled out onto the stage one of the old-fashioned ones you know and the guy stands on top of it and just sings beautiful girls and it's amazing
1: yeah yeah i i felt really bad for the poor women who are struggling to stay still like you could see yeah, them shaking, really wobbling. yeah. But I thought that added to its charm, actually. Yeah. But I felt so bad for them. Mm. The worst wedding dress ever, I, I would wager.
0: Horrifying.
1: Horrifying. Please don't walk down the aisle in nice. that.
0: The only nice one was the tennis outfit. That was a yeah. tennis dress. Like.
1: I thought the shot composition at the end, as they came down the stairs and like the camera went up to mm. an overhead shot, was amazing. This sequence works as well because it shows that Mr. Simpson wants to cast Kathy. Mm -hmm. And sign her to a contract.
0: And this is where we see that Zelda is sat watching them film this. Yes. Because they want to cast Kathy as Zelda's kid sister. Yes. So when they're stood there, Zelda sat in front of Cosmo.
1: I didn't pick up on that. She
0: looks visibly really annoyed about this. And she looks up at Simpson. And then when Cosmo says something about Don's been looking for her. Yeah. Zelda gets up and runs off screen. Yes. And she's obviously off on her way to gossip about it.
1: Yeah. I I like that Don convinces Mr. Simpson to give her the job. Like, mm-hmm. Don is using his power for good here. Yeah. Kathy believes the romance, and he's trying to convince her that there is no romance between him and Lena. Yep. And he learns that she reads the fan mags, yep. and that she is a fan of him after all, and she apologises for all the mean things she said, but he insists she's right. Yeah. And this is a really nice moment where they actually start to come together, like, you know, I think it's really simple. So we get you were meant for me.
0: I love this song.
1: Did he plan all this spectacle for when he found her? Like has he just got like a stage? No,
0: he set just aside? knows where the empty ones are. Yeah. He's I think, here all the time. I'll tell you
1: what I like. This character clearly is a student of the game. Like he has learnt everything about this craft. Mm-hmm. He isn't just an actor.
0: Oh he yeah, is, he knows how everything works. He though.
1: knows how to get the best lighting, he knows how to get the best uh visual effects with the the wind machine he really is like hands on with everything mm-hmm. is done and i like that i really admire that that yeah. he's not the sort of actor that's like i'll come out when i'm ready you you know that he's helping set up shots
0: yeah which is very in character for him because we know that when he started in the hollywood business yeah he was a, a mood setter yes. that was his his job he played yeah. the violin as a mood setter yeah these films are in black and white and obviously that takes a different kind of lighting, yes, but not the kind that he's talking about in no. this scene. He knows exactly how to set yeah. the right mood for this situation. This
1: was a really, really beautiful sequence. I
0: love the song. So it's much.
1: a beautifully shot sequence as well. Like it, it looked like it was very minimal, like one mm-hmm. shot. If if you know, maybe a few more. I I, I you know, I was so drawn into it, like I forgot to kind of look to see where there were cuts. Mm-hmm. It was it was fantastic. After this scene, we get one of my favourite types of movies is spinning papers. With like Love it.
0: I knew exactly what noise yeah. you were gonna make.
1: We, that is our first take, by the way. We've not had to redo that, not edit it. That was legitimately our first take. <laughs> Are we watching My Fair Lady again?
0: Extra, extra. Hey, look at the headlines can't (laughs) can't no i actually love this i love it so much
1: can't
0: (laughs) i love and then we cut to don having his lesson the guy's like can't can't (laughs) right
1: she has got a much better teacher yeah don's teacher's awful her
0: teacher comes across as being like a governess as well yeah 'Cause they keep her around afterwards. And yeah, he does not need a teacher. No,
1: for his us. well, he probably does need someone just to help him mm. with his enunciation. But his teacher's not very good. No.
0: And I think they maybe only got Lena to agree to go because don was going and they were like well don's having lessons you both need to go for the talkies yeah which
1: arguably he does it's a different art in performing that way Oh, for sure i like the bit where cosmo is mocking the teacher and gets (laughs) caught but there's a really bad edit here because they oh
0: the weird cut
1: yeah so we have like the shoulder shot of them and then we cut to like a spectator shot like with all of them yeah. and it's the same bit repeated
0: yeah it's the only weird shot in this film it is
1: it's a very weird shot like I don't mind mm. but like it's, it's just weird it's really strange though and it's a really fun song Moses
0: Moses 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 roses.
1: the teacher looks very shocked yeah like what's going on
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> by god by god he's got it
0: yeah but not in that I same that way I they're just like weird this is a waste of time
1: I think it it's very convenient that Don and Cosmo wore their tap shoes to this coaching session.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's almost like they had this planned.
0: Yep. I think they did.
1: So, yeah, we we do go into the brilliant bit. So they've had their coaching. They are now ready to film a talkie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I've already mentioned how much I love this bit. But, oh, my days when he has to come out and explain you talking to the mic. No, cut.
0: I can make love to a bush. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Some Um, of her lines, just hers, are so iconic.
1: She just is really struggling with this concept, but the way she does it is brilliant. It's like, it's just, she is a dinosaur. Mm -hmm. Like, she's stuck behind, and she isn't going to move forward past this era. No. In the same way that Don is. Because she isn't adaptable. Don's willing to give it a try. Admittedly he's like well I can't remember these lines. So I'm just going to say the same thing I usually say. You're beautiful. Kiss me, kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. I
0: love you, I love you, I love you, I love you.
1: Like the script that they had wasn't bad. He, It, mm-hmm. it does show that Don is... What was is... the
0: line he was supposed to say? It was like tempting tempestuous mistress of the night yes, or something, something like that.
1: silly like that and it does show that actually at this point in time don is actually what people claim him to be like this you know in terms of a performer on screen you've seen one you've seen it all mm-hmm. you know he has a visible weakness and i like that because he's going to overcome it with a strength he does have which is awesome they wire her for sound, which is actually quite revolutionary when you think, like, this is the first time they've ever used this technology. At this point in time, they must be the first studio to have ever wired someone for sound.
0: Probably, yeah.
1: Which I think is a very cool thing. <laughs> they get the, her heartbeat. You just hear yeah. the bobom, bomb which you said to me actually happened as well. Yeah. I love the yeah, director kind character. kind of mics
0: that they're using. They're not going silence and no. background noise they're not like sp- that specific yeah.
1: yet I just love watching the direct cat. I don't think we ever see him again no. after this bit but he's just so much fun in the scenes he has like getting so frustrated it's the same
0: guy from the beginning though yeah you know when Don becomes a stuntman yeah it's, it's same the same guy. director because yeah. he's
1: been working on all these features with Monumental which mm-hmm. is amazing Mr. Simpson comes in. He's like, well, "This is a trip hazard," and he pulls it <laughs> and injures Lena. And I just think that's brilliant. Like, it's a great culmination to this scene. Like, yeah. it's been leading to this
0: because she's been so annoying.
1: So from here, we jump forward maybe like a month or so to preview night. Mm-hmm. Kathy and Don are together, but not publicly. So I like that passage of time. They've yeah. grown. They've grown closer. Oh. So they're watching the film and the sound is so bad because she's like twiddling with her pearls.
0: Yeah, that noise is horrible. Yeah. And then somebody in the audience, there's a bit where she taps him on the shoulder with her fan. Yes. And it makes like a proper like... Yeah. And somebody in the audience shouts, what are you hitting him with, Lena or Blackjack?
1: So this is the thing, like Lena's career at this point is effectively over. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it is so bad. But
0: this is just, this is like a test to audience.
1: No, it is. Like, this is the preview screenings. Like, what do we need to work on? Mm -hmm. This becomes a comedy because of the awful sound design. Like, it is. Like, everyone starts laughing. And then they have the bit where he does, I love you. 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 And they're like, who wrote this for you? A genius?
0: Yeah. They hate it.
1: I have to say. That is a
0: terrible line.
1: It is. I have to say, like, credit to Gene Kelly, because, again, he's somebody who I've always heard of, like, being quite a serious name. Mm. Credit to him for, like, being willing to, like, take himself less seriously and be silly here. Sure. Like, if he's at the peak of his career as well, you know, I don't know much about the guy, but mm. I was expecting a serious performance. I wasn't expecting this kind of silly, you know, get stuck in their approach to it.
0: Yeah, I think obviously because you only hear about Gene Kelly in terms of like his great achievements yes. and things. That is what you would expect. But because he is a musical theatre person. No, I know. Like, I know you haven't seen it, but Xanadu is just the weirdest thing in the whole world. Yeah. And he's, he's in that. And it's just so strange. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't really think he takes anything too no, seriously. No, but it's
1: not what I expected of him. and I I actually really liked it. Like, mm-hmm. I was kind of thinking we get something quite like dull at times and it wasn't. And he was never dull. So... Yeah. You know, I, sure. my impression of him was wrong, but not because I'd heard anything bad, just because I expected him to be like almost the elite.
0: Yeah. So Mr. Simpson well, sends the director up to the sound box yes. to get the sound fix because he says there's something wrong with it. And they the sound tell. gets
1: unsynced. Yes. And it's brilliant. Oh, it's just such a funny How bit. How
0: often have you heard me and my mum do this? Yeah. Because we did it. We referenced this scene all the time. And I'd
1: never got it. No. We have the no, no, no.
0: Yes, yes, yes.
1: But so no, obviously, no, the way no. this works is it starts off working, but then as Lena says Lena no, 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 the no, no, no looks like it's the gentleman on screen yeah, with the her, character. and he's saying yes, yes, yes. It's Lena saying yes, 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 and the audience there is in a Losing bit their of minds. laughter. Yeah. And, you know, we cut to it later on the end of the preview and Don knows that this will kill his career.
0: They're all hiding. Yeah.
1: yeah. He wants it canned. He he wants this to never see the light of day. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm no actor and I never was. Yeah. Which actually is quite sad because I like the guy and he's doing his best.
0: Mm. The other thing is by this point, uh, him and Kathy have been dating for a little bit now. Yes. Because they're actually together. Yes. And... At this point, she's fully on the "I was just being really horrible to you" train, yeah. and trying to like trying to make him feel better about it. And
1: he doesn't. He he just doesn't believe. And he's got two really good people there to boost him, like Cosmo and Kathy, tell him he's not, and that he should play to his strengths and make a musical. Mm-hmm. And they come up with a brilliant plan to turn the Dueling Cavalier. Into a musical. Yeah. And if they do, it'll be saved. And March 24th is his lucky day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not March 23rd, because it's past midnight.
0: Yeah. And what a lovely morning.
1: I knew this one from Family Guy. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's basically, see, beat for beat, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I knew this one like, from it's Family Guy.
0: shorter, I assume, in Family Guy? It is.
1: It's literally, like, half... Not even that, like, maybe a fifth or sixth of this mm-hmm. song. Because we get like one of the choruses as Joe shouts at Quagmire. And then like Stewie comes in. Oh, to be in Louisiana in the morning, in the morning.
0: And and they've stopped. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: I think this is great. Mm -hmm. There are very minimal shots here. And you can see why this was so demanding on those actors.
0: Yeah. And after one of the takes, somebody had to carry Debbie Reynolds back to her trailer. Because she passed a blood clot in her foot. Jeez. I would like to see Gene Kelly do this in heels.
1: They do have lots of energy for like midnight.
0: Yeah.
1: I wonder what, how much coffee they've been drinking.
0: Sometimes you're just that upset about your movie being terrible that you if still you are awake. you have to
1: drink the coffee. I just thought this was a great set piece. I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. It was brilliant. And again, Debbie Reynolds not being a dancer.
0: Yeah.
1: Or at least not having the same dance background.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You wouldn't know it. Yeah. They've done a really good job at choreographing the sequence so it doesn't make Gene Kelly and Don O'Connor mm-hmm. look better than Debbie Reynolds. Yeah. Collectively, they have worked together to create a really, really beautiful sequence. I don't know what it was like to work on it. Perhaps it didn't feel like that at times.
0: So, <laughs> you know how we talked about how he treated Debbie Reynolds and how hard he he made her work? Yes. So Debbie Reynolds found out years later that um, Gene Kelly felt like because she was only 19 when they were filming this, that he couldn't shout at her. So he would tell her off and he would tell her she was doing it wrong and make her drill these dances over and over again. But he wouldn't shout at her. Um, And he would actually go and shout at Donald O'Connor instead when he wanted to shout at her because Donald O'Connor could take it yeah, because he was an adult and he would just stand there and be like, okay, cool, fine. But Donald O'Connor has also said for the first couple of weeks of working on the movie, he felt like he couldn't mess up otherwise Gene Kelly was going to tell him off. So everyone was really scared of working on this. However, Gene Kelly used this movie to get out of his MGM contract. Really? Because he did not want to work for them anymore because they stopped him from being able to go and audition for other musicals yes. because he was under contract yeah. with them. He was desperate to be in Guys and Dolls yeah. when they made the movie of it. He wanted to play the main character. And MGM told him that if he left, it would be a violation of contract and they would sue him. Yeah. So he was unmanageable during this movie, specifically so that they would let him leave. Like wow. he made a complete nuisance of himself. Wow. On purpose. At
1: least with him going through that experience, he didn't take it out on the nineteen year old. Yeah, young the lady. child that like, was there. <laughs> yes, he shouldn't have taken it out on Don O'Connor, but at least yeah. at least he isn't doing it to Debbie Reynolds. Mm. The Hollywood system of old is so interesting and you know, having the exclusivity contract of you can only work with this picture.
0: Yeah.
1: To the point of eventually they'll trade you like a Pokemon card for someone else when your appeal has started to go. Because
0: Mm
1: -hmm. back in the day, you wouldn't be able to go to a Cineworld or an Odeon or a View to watch the same film. Yeah, Cineworld would only show Fox films, and the Odeon would only show Sony films, and the View would only show Warner Brothers films. Sure. So your cinema eventually, as you know, people get bored of that star will get less money so they want to bring in another star and they will trade you from mm-hmm. someone else and it's so interesting and they would they really would have sued him
0: yeah they, they 100 yeah well so debbie reynolds did say later on that like they will work things out between them yeah. when they were when she was an adult but she said she learned a whole lot during this film that gene kelly was a perfectionist and a disciplinarian but also the most exciting director she ever worked for yeah. and that he would get really angry at her and make her cry but it was taking a lot of patience for him to it was somebody who literally never danced before it is one of
1: those interesting ones that like yeah he knew what he wanted and he stuck to his vision would you rather have a director that was so passionate about the project that they will scream and shout yeah. and expect the best of you and yes it's frustrating and yes it's going to be emotionally draining mm-hmm. but you know you're creating something special than somebody who's so like placid and like you know that nothing is not going to stand the test of time yeah like is it worth that experience to know that you are making something good i don't know
0: well that's what why i told you about that he was trying to get out of his contract is because how much of it was him actually wanting this film to be brilliant? Mm. And how much of it was like, well, what what's the worst thing I could do today? I
1: personally, from what you've told me about him...
0: Yeah, I, I think he still wanted this film to be great. Yeah,
1: I don't think he's willing to have his name attached to something that's not going to be good. If he's doing a project, even if it's not the project he wants... Mm-hmm. he is going to do it to the best of his ability because I think he's also smart enough to know that he his career is only as good as his last hit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if he wants to do more musicals, then Singing in the Rain needs to be the best musical ever because everyone will want part of him. Yeah. So I've seen the ending of this reference when they all sat in the beanbag like, panting and laughing. I don't know where from, but I've seen that reference somewhere else. Love it. It's just really nice and really wholesome. And we realise... We can't make it a musical. Lena, she can't sing, dance or act. She's a reverse triple threat. Yeah. But they get the brilliant idea. Cosmo gets the brilliant idea to dub Lena with Kathy. He gets Kathy to sing Good Morning. Mm -hmm. And he mimes it. And it's brilliant. Yep. I...
0: Which this is the version of this song I sing the most often. Yeah. Because I always end up singing, watch my mouth, which is great.
1: I don't like that she thinks it's a wonderful idea. Don has more foresight than she does because he's like, no, I don't want you being reduced to this. You are a better actress than Yeah, she's than this. not
0: thinking about it in she's... full. She's thinking, that's how we solve it. That That's right. That's how you fix this.
1: And I like that this is a very legitimate worry of Don's mm-hmm. that's going to kind of guide the second act of this film
0: yeah
1: I love the fact that Don's the one who's like speaking up going I can't ask you to do this for me it's mm-hmm. not Cosmo going well we can't have Kathy do it obviously it's Don who's concerned by it and I think that's really nice yeah they say good night
0: yep
1: and Kathy tells him to be careful
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we get the iconic I'm not understating it but the iconic Singing in the rain.
0: Yeah. So they tried to film this scene at night. Yes. Um, <laughs> because it's a nighttime scene mm-hmm. and it didn't work. Yeah. Because they weren't capturing any of the rain because there was no light for the rain to bounce off of properly. Yeah. So instead of that, they had to put tarps over two city blocks to be able to actually film this over the front of houses and windows and things so that they could film it and have something to bounce their lights off of. And all the sprinklers had to be working at exactly the right time. And apparently just everything went wrong over and over again.
1: everything eventually went right perfectly. Yeah. Because this is such a beautifully shot sequence. Like, let's let's forget the dancing and the singing for a second. Mm -hmm. The set... For this is amazing like the rain looks so authentic yeah. you've got these really brilliant puddles like where there are kind of like really authentic dips in the road and the pavement where these puddles would form mm-hmm. like that attention to detail is just so amazing like you can just yeah. tell the people working on this knew they weren't just working on a simple musical they're working on something more
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's what I love about things like where you get just a little bit extra than what you should do Nobody would bat an eyelid if you you just saw, like, the rain kind of bouncing off the the pavements and just, like, never seen again. Mm -hmm. Nobody would matter. But the fact that they've gone that extra mile for that authenticity, I just love it.
0: Well, apparently as well, the first time they tried to film this, they did it in sort of late afternoon. So a lot of the people who lived nearby had come home already and turned their water sprinklers on. And there wasn't enough water pressure for them oh, to be no. able to pump the water up to the roof to sprinkle the water down on Gene Kelly. So it wasn't working. I can imagine so they this had would to have reshoot been... it the next morning. Yeah,
1: this would have been a lot harder to do in this time period than it mm-hmm. would be today.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because today you would just like bring your own water, yeah. whereas they were tapping into like mm. local mains.
1: <laughs> Which is hilarious. Yep. He's essentially love drunk in this song.
0: Yeah, and it's cute. This is obviously, I think, I'm going to say this is his most famous dance sequence. I
1: would say this is one of the most famous dance sequences. Yeah. And one of the most famous musical songs. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think everyone's heard it. Yeah. I think everyone's heard it to a point where they could all sing. I'm singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. What a glorious feeling. I'm happy again. Everyone knows that, I think.
0: Yeah. He had four different suits to wear Jeez. during this sequence. And he was wearing like a wet, what do you call it? Like a rash vest? Yeah. I don't know what, there's an actual name. Like a surfing vest underneath yeah. so that he wouldn't like retain any of the cold.
1: Jeez.
0: But yeah, one of his suits was made to look wet too. <laughs> this movie spent $2 million on costumes. Which is a
1: lot in mm-hmm. this.
0: And they all were made by one guy one company wow. Walter Plunkett and all of that money went to him that's crazy yeah
1: I forgot how much I do love this song because mm-hmm. like the music is so pretty as well like, the doo, 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 yeah. doo, it's just such like it feels like rain and it just mm-hmm. there's a real beauty to this number
0: yeah and, and the way it builds to when yeah. he starts kicking the water yeah. and like being excited and then drops again so nice
1: yeah like this didn't disappoint
0: like
1: Mm. I've seen enough of this referenced in pop culture like it didn't disappoint I loved every second of this like the bit of the policeman not being impressed I just thought it was a really great ending yeah so we go to Monumental Pictures and Mr. Simpson loves the idea
0: Mm
1: -hmm. a musical's a great idea but it must be a secret Lena cannot learn about Kathy. And it becomes the Dancing Cavalier.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Cosmo does all the hard work.
0: He's going to write the whole musical. Yes.
1: And Mr Simpson says, remind me to give you a raise. <laughs> hey,
0: Mr Simpson, yeah? give me a raise. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: was hoping he'd say that. I was hoping he'd say that. So we show them recording Would You. Obviously, far better with Kathy. I like that we show the big song and dance of her of lena recording it mm-hmm. and then we see like the orchestra
0: <laughs> that they've obviously managed to convince lena that they're just gonna put a megaphone in front of her and she'll just sing into that
1: yeah yeah she's got no <laughs> she's idea, got no equipment which i think is brilliant
0: yeah so this isn't debbie reynolds singing is it not no this is betty noyles who has like a really rich deep singing voice oh, and this okay. is what they wanted her to so by. in
1: a film about dubbing an actress with another actress
0: only this song
1: they've dubbed the actress who's dubbing the other actress
0: yeah <laughs> mm. but this is also where we get to hear gene Hagen's voice yes. for the first time yeah. um where kathy is supposed to say um our love will last until the stars turn cold yeah and we hear lena saying it and then kathy saying it over the top it's not actually debbie reynolds it is gene yeah. Hagen. I will say, say in her own the voice.
1: film looks so much better already. Mm-hmm. Like it really is. And just for that voice. Yeah, yeah. But Mr. Simpson's a fan of it. And he asks, what are you going to do next?
0: Yeah. And then we get my least favourite part. Well. Yeah.
1: I, I I, really did not like this bit. Mm-hmm. This was the kind of bit where the dancing I felt was just like too much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, is this them going for a Rodgers and Hammerstein ballet, like, with Oklahoma and Carousel?
0: So, the Broadway ballet, which is what this part is called, yes. was the idea for another musical. Okay. And the the people who wrote Singing in the Rain also wanted to turn this into a musical, and it got panned. Yes. So, they decided to minimise it and put it in this. Because, like we talked about before we watched the film, yeah. all of these songs were written out of order. Yeah. This was the concept for this film. Yeah. And they decided to keep it and put it in the movie. And yeah. it's just a really weird choice.
1: I really think it needed to be cut. Yeah. I think we would have a perfect film if this bit wasn't in there. I know that might be controversial. I know there might be people who love this scene. For me, th- there's a few reasons I'm going to talk about now yeah. why I didn't like it. I did wonder if this was very deliberately the attempt to do like the Rodgers and Hammerstein approach to a ballet to break up the action. Yeah, but
0: it's just a weird place to put it when it at is. the end of
1: this film. You've got a real visual tone. I mean, I've written a page of notes just on this sequence. Yeah. Like, it's that long, but mm-hmm. it, we have a real visual tone shift. Like at this point, we're putting Don into a completely different visually mm-hmm. styled world. Like it looks like he's on stage. Like this is like Joseph. Like they're filming it in like a, on a stage as if like they're trying to film like a stage show. It looks very different. Yeah, and I will say this: the opening, when I'm thinking this is just going to be like a maybe one to three minute sequence, mm-hmm. it's shot really well. I like that there's like a, a, a checkout of a, or a treadmill of like people moving. And that's really interesting and really visually like wow cool. It's a
0: people mover.
1: <laughs> yeah, I I liked it. I thought it was nice. And you had like these different people looking still like beautiful women.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It does feel very pantomime, quite silly. You know the way he's knocking on people's doors, like agents being like, "I can dance, I can dance," yeah, and they're like, "No."
0: It this filming this whole sequence took a month to rehearse. Yeah. Two weeks to actually film, and it cost six hundred thousand dollars for this just this section. That is almost a fifth of the budget. For
1: I it's such a waste. It's
0: such a waste. It doesn't
1: add anything <laughs> to does it. Nothing. So I I don't even understand the narrative of this scene or this dance. So he's seduced by poison ivy as Vince from Sister Act glares at him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I don't understand it. What does this have to do with the Dancing Cavalier? He mentioned there was going to be a bit that actually it's a time travel film where he's a Broadway star and he hits his head and yeah, wakes up he, there.
0: he's a young ingenue who, showed, who goes to New York to be an actor, yeah. gets his big break and he's sat backstage reading A Tale of Two Cities and a sandbag falls and hits him on the head and he's transported back in time to france
1: to the dancing cavalier yeah so is this supposedly that that character introducing him Mm -hmm. i would hate this character i'd be like i'm not interested i would leave i would leave singing in the rain
0: yeah but even rf uh, mr simpson is not that sold on it he doesn't understand it fun fact uh sid sharice who is dancer with the black bob yeah in this sequence phenomenal dancer They had to reshoot way later after making this because they realised that you could see her pubic hair.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) Yep. Wow. Yep. That's quite a mistakey to makey.
0: Yep. And they didn't realise until they were watching the sides back. (laughs) And then they were like, we need to reform." this. Yeah. And he had to remake her costume too.
1: I mean... Had they released it and not noticed it, the film would be, like, banned for mm-hmm. a long time. Like, it's not just a case of, like, oh, women with pubic hair. It's a case of, like, oh, no, this film Our would film's just...
0: in 18 now and yeah. we can't show it anywhere. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So there's a weird coin motif where everyone's, like, flipping it and flipping it. Yeah. I could just do without this whole sequence because it goes on and on. We get to the bit with the bride and I'm just bored. This is the only point in this film where I just wanted to get my iPad and, and just play on my phone or something. Yep. It's the only part of the film I think that Don comes across as an egomaniac. It's not in keeping with his character. Because mm. he's pitching this great moment, this great big scene that doesn't fit his character. It doesn't feel like it fits the man he is.
0: Yeah.
1: It never was. And it's kind of like it ends... This whole sequence ends with him remembering who he was when he started out and going back to the old him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And like... I don't think Don would ever have actually pushed this as an idea. It feels so self-indulgent. I don't think that's Don.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, like you said, Mr. Simpson can't visualise it. <laughs> I think this is the favourite note I wrote.
0: Yeah.
1: Don says, it'll be better on film.
0: It's no. not. It's no, not. it won't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so they redone footage with Kathy. Yeah. But Lena can't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Once the feature is done, Don is telling the world the truth that he is in love with Kathy. Yeah. But Zelda has heard about this. Mm-hmm. She has snitched and told Lena and she walks in to find Kathy and Don kissing. Not only have you stolen my voice, you've stolen my fiance.
0: Yes. And as of Debbie Reynolds' death, yeah. the actress who played Zelda... He's the only surviving member of the cast, wow, yeah, of oh. the like main cast. Of this movie. Wow,
1: that's really interesting! Yeah.
0: And she's going to be in the new West Side Story movie,
1: cool, yeah,
0: isn't that awesome?
1: I, I feel like this is the only other point I noticed Zelda through this film is mm. you know, she is like the second tier star, and when Lena's yeah. done, Zelda will be moved up. So, obviously, Zelda is jealous because she recognizes Kathy has potential. She's put in loads of hours. She deserves to be the next big monumental star. Yeah. She is not letting Kathy get in the way of that. I can understand that logic. Yeah. She's a good secondary villain who maybe could have had, like, a few more references. Like, could she not have been in a few more scenes with Lena? Like, kind of, like, Lena's mean mm. girl best friend. Because yeah. Zelda, I didn't necessarily... It took me a while to twig what they meant and what was going on. Mm. I, I am pleased. The plan is for Kathy to get the credit, even if Lena is unhappy about it. They are going. The, the working plan is they are going to say voice of Lena's character provided by Kathy. Yeah. Awesome. I'm really pleased with that because I know that that was something Don had said he was worried about that you shouldn't be doing this.
0: Yeah. I'm glad he's. That was about. the the worry was that she was going to go uncredited for yes. this film, which is what they knew would happen yes. if uh, Lena, not Zelda, found, Lena found yeah. out about it.
1: However, right after we're revealed that Kathy will get all the credit, mm-hmm. the papes say different. Yep. Because Lena has stolen the credit and she has told Mr. Simpson she will sue him if he tells the truth. And she actually comes across the smartest she has done throughout Mm -hmm. she's read her contract she's played the legal system here and she's like yeah you can't you can't say anything disparaging about me yep brilliant like actually quite nice that this villain has smarts Mm -hmm. and will use them only when absolutely necessary it's like that final survival instinct kicking in
0: yeah
1: and lena says oh this bit made me so angry because it is such an evil move for her to make because she knows it will destroy Kathy's career. But Lena she's wants... She's going to
0: go right on being my voice. Yeah.
1: She's going to be her voice forever. Uh, and and I really like what Mr. Simpson says here. People don't do that. You ruin her career. Mm-hmm. And she says, I'm not people.
0: I you people.
1: I love it. She's She has no heart. She is just mm-hmm. looking out for herself. Even Mr. Simpson, this big Hollywood producer, is like, you can't do that. Even yeah. though he knows, like, yes, he can market Lena and still do it, he's not willing to. Like, I like that these characters are so mm. nice and likeable.
0: And also, yeah, like, Kathy is a likeable person who is clearly really easy to work with. And Mr. Yeah. Simpson recognises yes. that. Yes.
1: And Lena the, um, is a nightmare.
0: Yeah. The s- actress in the stage show has to sing in Lena's voice because wow. Lena has a solo. I-, I think it's called What's Wrong With Me? I can't remember off the top of my head. But... It's so great. (laughs) And it's basically her singing about how she's she's gonna blackmail Kathy.
1: So we're at the finale now, Mm -hmm. and this is such a satisfying finale. Like I'm I am on the edge of my feet. I am like really excited. I'm really angry, but I'm really happy the way things work out. It was such a good ride. Yeah. So they they go to the premiere and everyone's impressed with Lena's voice. Mm -hmm. And people are saying, like, oh her voice sounds much better than than Don's, like, Don's great, but yeah. that Lena is something special. And they go backstage and Don is furious when he hears there's no credit for Kathy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's even angrier that Lena has pitched that Kathy, be- that Kathy will be resigned to her voice. Yeah. And it gets to a point where they don't know what to do. And Mr. Simpson's like, we have to do it. And Lena has gotten too big for her boots. And I'm just thinking, please, please, please mess up. Somehow, something's got to happen at this point for you to fall from grace.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: brilliantly, she's like, now I'm going to go out and I'm going to talk to my public.
0: And they're all actually kind of horrified by her voice.
1: Well, but this is what's great is is there's a moment where everyone's like, okay, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah, go go do that. Go do that. And what's so brilliant about this moment okay. is she's like, I've beaten them. She genuinely thinks that she's she's won. And they're all like, ha, 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 okay, go for it. And she ruins it for herself. Thank God. Mm-hmm. And the audience start booing her. And they're like, that's not your voice. Yeah. And they start realising she didn't sing. And we're getting instant justice here, like instant justice. And it's so brilliant. This character deserves it for for being so mean.
0: I can't think of a better word.
1: It's just mean. Nasty girl. (laughs) (laughs) I really like Kathy. I'm always team Kathy. Mm -hmm. So she's like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to sing. And put. Poor Kathy here is like, I hate you, Don. You've used I'll me. I'll
0: do it, but I will never speak to you again. I, and
1: because she, they haven't told her because they can't risk it. They've got a plan. Yeah, she
0: won't. She's too nice. She no, won't do it.
1: Exactly. And they turn to go back and <laughs> Lena starts singing, singing in the rain. Mm-hmm. And you see them like dancing. <laughs> with a... The
0: weird dance move yeah. that she does with her hands.
1: And then you see mr simpson you see dunn you see cosmo walking towards or dancing towards the the ropes for the curtains Mm -hmm. and pull it down and we are now in the audience and we see the curtains open we
0: i love the laugh that is in this part of the song too it's just like a roar that goes through the audience because they all realize yeah lena's too stupid to notice no
1: I know, and you just... Even Kathy, blesses. she's like, what's happened?
0: She keeps singing. She
1: keeps singing, but she's still, like, really quite nervous as to what's going on. Uh But the best bit in all of
0: this...
1: (laughs) The best bit in all of this...
0: Cosmo gets to reprise his version of... uh...
1: Cosmo goes and starts singing, and that's when Lena knows she's done. Mm -hmm. Debbie Reynolds was amazing, and then Don comes out as she's leaving.
0: Yeah. Stop that girl, ladies and gentlemen. And he's like...
1: The voice you've heard all night, Mm -hmm. the singing voice, the speaking voice. It's that beautiful woman there Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: she's a star and she gets the credit she deserves. Yeah. That's what I love about this. At the end of the day, Don isn't doing this to be like, let's make this the best film ever. He's doing it because it is the right thing to do because she deserves it. Yeah. Like the motivation here isn't for him to be the best actor. It's the motivation for this woman that he loves. And I love that. I think that's such a beautiful, wholesome thing to be like, Mm. that's what the moral of this story is. Like Don just wants her success.
0: They actually got to sing their whole song. Yeah. Yeah. So we get a very small portion of You Are My Lucky Star. Yes. Which should have been sung earlier in the film but Mm. was removed. It's just a Debbie Reynolds song. She sings it. It's like her response to You Were Meant for Me. Yeah. And it should have been around that same kind of time. And realistically, if you had both then,
1: yeah. like if
0: it went, you were meant for me and then you are my lucky star, I think it would feel like we didn't yeah. need both of them. Yeah. So I understand why they took it out, but it's sad that we still get the reprise. Yeah. Because um, it's just a weird place to leave it. What
1: I'll say though is that this felt like a really sweet and genuine moment. Mm. Like it didn't, again... She
0: has the one perfect yeah, tear that does. sits on her cheek.
1: It didn't feel like... Hollywood contrived magic moment, yeah, it felt real like mm. there's there's a real charm to this film and to this moment, like you feel like you've been on this ride with these characters, yeah, and like especially because this happens over a course of a few months, this isn't mm. like a one weekend thing, we've not seen them grow every step of the way, we've seen like montage moments of their growth,
0: yeah,
1: I just love this, like you really felt caught up at this moment, very meta an ending. With Singing in the Rain billboard. Yeah. So the film is called Singing in the Rain and it entered them in a film called Singing in the Rain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So is Singing in the Rain a biopic of this? I don't know. But I thought it was quite a nice meta moment. Who knows? I, I don't know why this film is called Singing in the Rain. Because I don't feel like it actually has much to do with like the actual plot. They've, named it, after I, no, yeah. I, they've named it after I think what they knew was going to be their best song. I'm surprised it wasn't called, like, The Dancing Cavalier or something. I, I don't know. I just... It doesn't feel like the title, no, Singing no. in the Rain, fits the show.
0: No, the mo- the poster that's up there yeah. isn't for The Dancing Cavalier.
1: No, I know. It's for Singing in the Rain. I'm talking about the actual film that we've just watched. I don't know why this show is called Singing in the Rain.
0: Because that's the biggest song from No,
1: it. I know it is, but it doesn't feel like it fits the narrative as
0: much. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I've not never complaining. actually thought about that yeah. before.
1: I'm not complaining. I'm not criticising. It just feels like...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You've called it singing in the rain, but, like, actually, yeah. I don't know if that fits it. I don't feel it. It tells you nothing about it. Like, do you remember when we saw Waitress... And you're like, what oh do you God. know about waitress? And you show me the blurb. You know, like, you can read the blurb, Danny. It's fine because you won't get anything about this show. No,
0: it was the best thing that's ever happened. Is I picked up a leaflet because we couldn't decide what to go and see, and we were stood at one of the little box offices in London trying to decide what musical to go and see. This is pre Danny knowing anything about me or musicals, yeah. <laughs> and the waitress pamphlet literally was like, "How will this?" I don't think you even said that she was pregnant. No,
1: there's it no reference to pregnancy. It was just like, pregnancy. how will
0: this middle-aged waitress deal Cope in middle America. ...while finding new love and excitement. And I was like, this is not the plot of this it, musical. Yeah. That and has nothing to do like with anything.
1: The whole idea of singing in the rain, I don't think from that iconic song and everything, like you don't get a sense of anything that this show is about. mm I don't mind. I think it's a great title. I think Singing in the Rain is a really great title that, you know, I, I think you could say to anyone and it sounds fun. Yeah. And just weird. Who is your MVP in this one?
0: Debbie Reynolds. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I said Kathy. You could put Debbie Reynolds in anything Which, and I would say it was Debbie Reynolds. What
1: I'll say is considering the talent, it's amazing that she does stand out because it, but marginally, like, they're all so good but then You have Debbie Reynolds and she is just amazing in it. Yeah. What's your best song?
0: Um, so I love beautiful girls. Yes. (laughs) Just generally. Yeah. That song's great. I don't I think maybe it's because I just really vividly remember them doing it with the plane on the stage. That was great, but that song's just so like wholesome. (laughs) It has nothing to do with anything else in the entire show. I just really like it. But I think of the Oh no, it's gotta be All I Do is Dream of You. Yeah. That song is forever in my head. Yeah. And like I sing that all the time. So I, I think love that song.
1: The majority of the songs here I loved, but I am going to be like a cop out. I I I just loved Make Them Laugh and I just mm-hmm. love singing in the rain. Like yeah. the pair of them, like Good Morning's great as well, but singing in the rain is just a a beautiful song like yeah. everything and everything about the sequence was great like the attention to detail the dance mm-hmm. i loved it and make him laugh again like the energy was just incredible yeah so i've chosen two individual character songs there i would only skip realistically broadway melody ballet and i wish yeah. that wasn't part of this film mm-hmm. i'd be quite willing for it to be a shorter film as long as that was cut i just don't think it <laughs> does anything
0: yeah just have Mr Simpson be like is there anything else left to do and Gene Kelly's like yep there's one scene left and then we go straight past it
1: why that's all we need is one scene left you know I assume you would want to play Kathy but I think you'd also make a great Lena
0: I'd love to play Lena yeah
1: who who would you want to play
0: probably Kathy because I really like the idea of getting to do the you were meant for me sequence Mm -hmm. I love that song and dancing to all I do is dream of you—that sounds hilarious. But yeah. I think playing Lena, especially in the stage show, which we haven't really talked about so much today. No,
1: but maybe someday if we ever find like I'd a love good to version, take you we'll, to see it. Yeah, like we, we will cover the stage show,
0: and I will hundred percent make you sit in the splash zone. Yeah, but yeah, I think Lena must be really good fun to play. I. It's the same way I feel about um, Mrs. Wormwood. Yes. In the... In Matilda the Musical. She must be great fun to play because she's just so horrible. Mm. And it's not even like she's nasty. It's just...
1: Sometimes mean. playing the villain role is so much fun because you can just be like smarmy and yeah. just nasty. and it's When
0: you're it's, like a silly villain.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Who would you want to play?
1: Honestly, Cosmo. Yeah. I just think there's so much fun with his character. Especially mm. like the fact he's always just like one step behind. Yeah, And arguably just as talented as Don, but maybe didn't have the courage to be like, I could do this.
0: Well, he's obviously a musical genius too. Oh, yeah. And it was never going to be his thing to be an actor.
1: Yeah. We got a lot of responses on Twitter when I said that we were watching singing in the rain yeah. for people to talk about like their views. So at Emily underscore Rose 262 said singing in the rain is my all time favorite film, but I love old school musicals. Appreciate that they're Not everyone's cup of tea. I hope you enjoy It's Murder Up North, Mm -hmm. at Murder Up North, said, I absolutely adore this film. It picks me up when I am feeling blue, and whenever it rains, I think of Gene Kelly dancing. Did you know he was really ill with the flu when they filmed that scene?
0: Yeah, he had a temperature of 105.
1: That's incredible.
0: Yeah. He's crazy.
1: (laughs) No, I know, but, jeez, to do that, and also to be getting yourself as wet, and arguably not helping the situation. And you've just told me they had to repeat it a few times. Yeah that's crazy every dance in this seems cursed hillary at mellow hail this movie is a gem one of those feel-good shows that you can always come back to it's very funny the Make 'em laugh song is hilarious and you cannot go wrong with gene kelly one of the best dancers to have ever lived and it's debbie reynolds first big film you can't go wrong with that like yeah there's so much great stuff here
0: so debbie debbie reynolds was already kind of known in Hollywood anyway for her previous films but I think this was the film that made her big for an audience point yeah
1: yeah like this is this is what really sort of stepped up her game
0: Mm
1: -hmm. not just any book club best classic music of all time in my opinion Mm -hmm. the Cornish Chronicles one of the greatest movies about movies one of the greatest movies period make them laugh is one for the ages The Loser podcast, I personally love Singing in the Rain. I think it's great. I used to sit with my mum when I was a kid and watch it. I love that. Like a nice nostalgic story. Like some of the films I love aren't great films, but I love them because I remember watching them with people and watching them with my mum.
0: and that's what I meant when I said this feels like a Christmas movie to me. Yeah. Literally nothing to do with Christmas. It's summer most of the time in this film, but it feels like a Christmas movie because I remember watching this with my mum every year. yeah.
1: Defining Disney Podcast, one of my favourite movies of all time. Truly, Debbie Reynolds is a goddess. Lots of praise for Debbie Reynolds in this film. Yeah. And then I think one of my favourite ones is uh, Crime Divers Pod. I'm ashamed to admit, I've never seen it. And as somebody who had never seen this film before, I can't recommend it enough. I gave it four and a half stars. Yeah. I think the only thing that stops it being a five star for me is is very simply the Broadway ballet mix. If that scene's shorter, I could deal with it. I just think it's too long. And it. Th- th- by comparison,
0: mm.
1: I saw Endgame five times at the cinema.
0: That movie is too long. But
1: I never once got bored. For me, that film, the first time I saw it... It did not feel like a three-hour film. I was captivated. I was hooked. At no point did I check my watch or anything. By mm-hmm. comparison, this scene is too long, is not necessary, is weird filler. Had it been cut, had it been shortened, this would be a five-star perfect film for me. Yeah. Like, again, it's a real different comparison. Like, I appreciate it. Like I am a Marvel fan anyway. But the first time I saw Endgame, it flew by. At no point does I feel like I've been sat in a cinema for three hours. Yeah. At this point I started to like get uneasy and we're sat on our comfy sofas. Mm. That's my comparison.
0: Yeah.
1: How how did this do critically? Like you've not said to me anything about like reviews of this, um, or, or like awards. Did it do well?
0: Yeah, critically this film did really, really well. People love this movie. Yeah. It has a hundred percent uh Rotten Tomatoes rating. That's
1: amazing.
0: Which is amazing. And a ninety five percent audience score. Which which I don't really know what that means.
1: Basically that to me, I might be wrong and feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, uh, internet. The audience rating is it used to be, and I don't know if you still can, but on rotten tomatoes you would submit scores and it's like the, the average score. Oh, I see. So what that's basically saying is like most people have given it like, you know, nine and a half out of ten or Four and a half stars probably mm-hmm. lost five percent from the audience because of the Broadway Palais mashup. Yeah, did this win anything at the Oscars?
0: Uh, Donald O'Connor won a Golden Globe. Yep, Gene Hagen was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress.
1: Excellent, and it was
0: nominated for Best Music Score. Cool, that's kind of it. That's kind of it. That's yeah. a shame. It is a shame, but however, in hindsight of yeah. this movie, it's been on the Best 10 films of all time list. Yeah. Multiple times. It's been recognized by, by the American Film Institute. It's on like 100 years of movies. It was number 10. 100 years of best laughter moments. It was number 16. 100 years of like love stories. Yeah. Again, number 16. Best. A hundred villains in a hundred years, Lena.
1: I, I I, can believe that. Like, her motivation is mm-hmm. simple. It is not what... I like it when something's not the end of the world at stake. Like, yeah. it's one of the things I love about Black Panther. It's not the end of the world. It's the end of their world.
0: Mm-hmm. And it
1: is the end of Lena's world. Like, she's fighting for her survival. Yeah. And it's... I like that in a villain.
0: A hundred years and a hundred songs. They were nominated. They had three awards. So they've got n- number three on that list, Singing in the Rain. 49th, Make him Laugh, and 72nd, wow. Good Morning. And then, yeah, top 100 movie quotes. What do they think I am? Dumb dumb or something? <laughs> Which is so funny. And it in 2006, it was the greatest movie musical of all time.
1: Yeah. I would say...
0: And it's in the Library of Congress. Yeah. So, like, it's culturally yeah.
1: it's, it's, crazy. I would say this is a film that endures.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I would also say to anyone who ever thought about remaking this, don't. Yeah. There's you. No one, no one has any place going near this as a remake.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It just, it's, it's, it's a perfect film, bar one unfortunate sequence. But even then, like, I don't think I can, I can, I can say this isn't a perfect film. I think everything about it is so incredible. Yeah. No one should ever even attempt to remake it. It should only live on in in the stage show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I I absolutely adored this. I cool. thought it was great. Next week, we are kicking off our countdown to Christmas.
0: Yeah, we are.
1: So over on buymeacoffee.com forward slash it's a musical pod. Mm-hmm. You can donate to us and you can buy us a coffee. Friend of the podcast, number one boy, Jared Good. Yep. Reached out to us following a very generous donation of three coffees and said he was desperate for us to cover Anna and the apocalypse Mm -hmm. he said he couldn't wait to hit us discuss this film and he just felt it was something we were going to love Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Halloween had passed we always had the plan to do Jekyll and Hyde and then because we got tickets to last five years to cover that yeah and We then knew that we were going to do Stage Fight. We've been talking about that since the day we started this podcast. So Mm -hmm. we we kind of let that one slip. However, the second he said it was a Christmas horror musical, we knew we had to cover it. So, Mm -hmm. Jared Goods, next week is for you. We are covering Anna and the Apocalypse.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Have you ever seen this one?
0: No, but the tagline for it is Shaun of the Dead meets La La Land.
1: I can't wait. This is going to be amazing. (laughs) So, if there's anything you'd really like to see us cover, you can head over to buymeacoffee.com for us It's a Musical Pod Mm -hmm. and reach out to us. Let us know if there's something you'd really like us to cover and... Hopefully, come twenty twenty one, when we have a clean slate again,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we will get to it. I think people have been saying they love to see us talk about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and that's yeah. certainly a priority for me. That feels like that's a Christmas film, but not because it's Christmas, because it is. You, you sit and you watch bike it. In it. Well, I was gonna say you sit and you watch it with the family, like it's that kind of dark night, yeah. rainy weekend that's put Chitty on. Mm. So let us know if there's anything you would like us to cover. Yeah. Now, this episode is launching on the 23rd of November. Yep. I do just want to say a, a very, very important shout out that this week is going to be the streaming date of the last five years from the Southwark Playhouse. Mm-hmm. I know that we're going to be re-watching it yep. because we loved it. It was magical. If you've listened to our podcast covering the last five years and you haven't seen it, I would urge you to get a stream and watch it. hmm because it's just a tremendous adaptation of a beautiful, beautiful play. So this week especially, make sure you you check out the last five years from the Southwark Playhouse. Yeah. I, I loved it. And if you haven't listened to our podcast covering it yet, get the stream, watch it, listen to us talk about it. We've got some really nice feedback about that episode. A lot of people reaching out and saying they loved our our show covering it because they loved that show and they agreed with a lot of what we said. And yeah. that was really nice. So thank you if you're somebody listening now who reached out and and shared that positivity with us after our last five years. Yeah, We've got a good December ahead of us as I'm well. I'm really
0: excited. I'm looking forward to watching Anna and the Apocalypse, even though no, I know nothing about yeah, it. Yeah,
1: it's always fun. It's very rare. I don't think we've done much where you don't know about it. I think the only other one was Pride and Prejudice, the musical. That was great. And yeah, we loved that. So... Yes, join us next week for Anna and the Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. As always, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Amazon Podcasts, on Stitcher, and on our original hosts, Podbean. Make sure you subscribe so you get notified when we drop a new episode. And if you are feeling really, really generous as we go into the Christmas season make christmas come for us a little bit early Mm -hmm. leave us a review let us know what you like about this show and as always spread the good word of it's a musical podcast you can reach out to us on twitter and instagram at it's a musical pod and you can also follow drew's artwork as always on twitter at icarus underscore illo yep on instagram at icarus illustration and on tiktok yes how what's the tiktok account
0: my TikTok account's the same as Icarus Illustration.
1: Excellent. So you can... What I love about your TikTok is we don't just get the final picture, which we always post on Twitter and Instagram mm-hmm. anyway. You can see the process that you've taken to draw it. Yeah,
0: I put my video process up.
1: And I love that. I just think it's so exciting to see, like, start to end, like, mm-hmm. conception to, to realisation. So you know if you enjoy our show and if you enjoy our awesome artwork like i do make sure to check out drew's art accounts yeah but until next week where it might just be the end of the world
0: (laughs) have a magical musical monday
1: see you next week same bad place same bad channel